the expression from the music inspired me so much to take risks and it inspired damn near the whole rap game. Hello again, I'm Adam Unz. You may know me as the host of The Opus, and now I'm bringing my own show, The Spark Parade, to the Consequence Podcast Network. I speak with artists and creatives about the cultural artifacts that spark their personal interest and creativity, whether it's music, books, movies, video games, or any other kind of art. I've never spoke about it in this amount of detail. I'm suddenly going, oh my God, I'm blowing my own mind here, Christ. It's, it's actually a giant part of my life. By talking about the things we love, we share and discover insights into our personality and the things that drive us. It's just magic, really. I mean, frustrating and it makes some people angry, but I don't think anyone's ever done anything like it. I speak with people like Connor Robers, Phoenix's Thomas Mars, Chris Gethard, Helen Hong, Adrian Young, and more, so their sparks of inspiration can start a fire in you. I'm grateful for those who continue to put our history and who we are as a people in the forefront and make you see it. Find the Spark Parade wherever you get your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Hi, folks. It's Robert Malazzo. I'm the creator and host of Assembly. Just a quick thought before we start our final part of our first season of Assembly. Though we're living in times when getting together is not an option for most of us in all parts of the world, there are still ways you can be there for folks in need. If there are people in your life, family, friends, neighbors, mentors, classmates, people who are at higher risk of vulnerability because of age or vocation or location, please take a minute or more and check in with them call or text or email, anything you can do, however small and seemingly insignificant. Break the spell of their isolation. If someone can't get to the mountain, sometimes you need to bring the mountain to them. Also, there are countless local and state organizations in need, and it's not all about money. Donations of your time or excess food or blood are in demand 24-7, so if you can't lend your expertise or your physical time, please contact your local hospitals, community centers, grocery stores, co-ops, churches, or any other service groups in your area to see what and where and how to give. Now more than ever, there are ways to be there, no matter where you are. So I thank you for listening to this and for listening to Assembly. Support for this season of Assembly comes from the Cary Theater in Cary, North Carolina, the Center for Advanced Hindsight in Durham, North Carolina, and a special thanks to Overcoat Management in Chicago, Illinois. If you'd like to support Assembly, go to our website, theassemblypodcast.com, or email me directly, theassemblypodcast at gmail.com. Oh, we're about to start. Here we go. Hasn't got to be one And I've wrong The pattern of the beast of this show She's foaming up at the lip You see, get warmer in the middle She's carrying all the trash away More than for just a little We're one We've got to move away from this show On the ground, let your fingers in the air, let your voices sing it loud. It's around you. Keep your toenails on the ground, let your fingers in the air, let your voices sing it loud. It's around you. The Modern School of Film presents 
Assembly. A look at what brings us together in parts. My name is Robert Malazzo, and I'll bring you what I see, what I hear, and what I learn. Now, let's start the assembly. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to sugarcoat it and say, like, I I look always look forward to that kind of experience. It's not what I always like to do. I prefer theater show where the focus is on, like, every single note. I also am not into swimming upriver. <laughs> and I understand how, and I've learned how to really enjoy that kind of evening and just just recognize that you can just be part of something and not the the center of attention. I mean, in certain theaters, I will put on that kind of a show where all the attention is into the silence in between notes that we do, you know, that kind of focus. But I also like playing outside to like, it's actually really relieving, you know, to not have to carry that kind of weight um, because it is a weight to like feel like you have to entertain everyone and keep them enraptured every moment of your performance. It's a beautiful weekend night and let's just play some music and have a good time. Was it the oracle from The Matrix or Noel Coward who once said, everything that has a beginning has an end? Like most assemblies, my theory, and the very inspiration for the show, is moments never really end. They aren't coordinated like key turnings or lights on a billboard. Moments are much smaller than that, often imperceptible, ever infinite. Sophistry aside, today marks the seventh and my final day with musicians Colexco and Iron and Wine, who decided to get back together following a 15-year, what should we call it, hiatus, repose, artistic cul-de-sac? Nouns aside, whatever we call those 15 years, they don't come close to the speed of life itself. Life is a sprint and a marathon. Parts accumulate. So take that 15 and cube it. It's more like a cosmic pulse or a murmur. The final twitch of our week and our debut season of Assembly finds our guys doing an open-air performance at the Band Shell in Brooklyn's Prospect Park. The show is part of the 41st annual Brick Celebrate Brooklyn Summer Fest. None of the guys are a stranger to playing at the festival, and certainly not a stranger to the open-air show. So our final part of the Assembly will give us a chance to look at both, with a few non-goodbye goodbyes tucked away at the very end. Oh, and since you asked, what is Brick? It's a Brooklyn-based arts and media group whose programming includes visual and performance arts, media creators, and civic action. Their aim, a great aim, is to make diverse cultural programming accessible. For example, this whole Brick Celebrate Brooklyn Fest is free. And as free top-line artistic events are far too rare, both in New York and throughout the world, Brick's aim with this kind of programming, and tonight is a perfect case in point, is to introduce the thousands of attendees to artists who they may not know intimately and whose art could provide a nice contrast to life in the city. Full disclosure, I'm not a fan of outdoor shows. Frankly, I dislike them. They're simply not my jam, as the kids say. But I not only understand why people love it, I'm fascinated by why people love it. And this is New York, and this is free, so I'm expecting the full gamut and gauntlet of human traffic. 
I also know as a Brooklyner myself, there's a lot of contrasts in the contract of living there. A lot of third rails about initiatives and what gets put on and who comes and who doesn't come, what's free, what's kind of free, and what are the costs. And really, and it's about time I got to it, I mean, every good podcast needs a mystery, so here's ours. Why do people come together? In times when we don't come together as often, and as I record this, we're rightfully so asked to stay distances from each other, why do people come together? What's behind it all? What gets us there? Not just why are they coming together, like music festivals and groups they love and beautiful summer nights, but what's behind us all? And yes, one thing I can check off right now, living in New York, the subway. But before we hop on the subway to Brooklyn to take us to Prospect Park, and I'm going to ride the Q train, it is the best subway train in New York, bar none. Email me if you want to know why. Let's start our final mystery together back in Manhattan. And like the best mysteries, ours will start off with a twist of irony and a fate. On this final day of our week together, yes, the guys are doing one last show, but one of the guys has a new record coming out, a solo record. That's kind of cool. The plot thickens. Here's the final part of our assembly, the end. Uh, my name is Rob Berger, and I'm playing um, keyboards and some lap steel guitar and accordion and vibraphone and singing on the tour. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I, it is kind of serendipitous that this tour is falling literally at the same time as my own solo release. And, and it's just a way for me to be out there and be playing music with friends and sort of being out there in the world and talking to people about this project that I'm that I'm working on. Yeah, it's it's just a nice sort of um combination of things that are hitting right now at the same time for me and and um I'm I'm just really enjoying this moment. How does it feel to be back in New York? You're a New Yorker. It's super fun to be here, especially now that I don't live here anymore <laughs> and uh knowing the lay of the land and just being able to, you know, come in for a week and just and visit and yeah i saw my brother and i saw yeah i saw some old friends i'm i'm gonna see some of my family tonight they're gonna come to the show which will be fun oh that's amazing yeah yeah Yeah, i think tonight's gonna be really really fun yeah i mean when i lived here i didn't i didn't play a ton of club dates in manhattan but i mean and i lived in brooklyn brooklyn's a whole different it's a really different feel now for sure you went out to Queens. You're hitting all the boroughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have a lot of family here in the in the different boroughs. I, you know, my mom grew up in Brooklyn, and I was born in Flushing, and uh, it does feel like home on some level here. So, what about home? That's a word that always beguiles me. Do you think in those terms you have a family? Do you feel like you look for home? Do you have a home? How do you define the word? What well, was it, Frank Zappa that said, home is where the heart is? Is that what he said? <laughs> that was one of his more lucid thoughts, but yes, arguably. Is home literally as you go and you create it, or do you feel you're searching for it, or is it just not as relevant as the question implies? No, that is an interesting question. I, I, it almost, I would say it's both both of those things. You know, home is, my family is, is very integral in my life, obviously, and so just moving you know shifting from place to place and taking my home life with me yeah there's also an element of searching within or you know getting in touch with yourself what I feel is important to put out there in the world and um, how I want to express myself in the world and be in this in this universe is I think that's really one could call that you know home do these spaces that musicians occupy a lot do they feel sterile or like how do you 
acclimatize yourself to that? Well, that's, I mean, being able to play music with people and, and music is a language and I mean, that's, that is part of, like, that search for home, you know, where you just kind of, like, you're getting in touch with yourself and your own emotions and the ways that you, the ways in which you express yourself, however that may be, whether it's, you know, through writing or speaking or playing music or... I think it's important for people to, to really find their, their means of expression in the world. We're only here for a short time. Do tours gain momentum? I mean, when should I come see the show? Should I wait till November, or should I yeah. hang in there? I don't know. I mean, to, you know, coming on day one, sometimes some people like to hear train wrecks. <laughs> we talked about train wrecks earlier, but there was a string broken, but that's <laughs> collateral damage. That's a hiccup. <laughs> My name is John Convertino, and I play drums for Calexico. You may have noticed you're in a noisy city. How do you do as a man of percussion? Yeah, not not too well anymore. <laughs> Quiet time's good. I'm more and more, like we talked about earlier, just so into nature. I, I made it to Central Park this morning, so I got to see some beautiful nature and some and got to hear some birds and and see some leaves rustling. So super important for me. Did your bird follow you up north, or is this new? Yeah. A distant relative. Yeah, I think it was a distant relative, but pretty darn sweet. Luckily, you're not riding the subway, so you can avoid people with buckets playing. Yeah. What do you think about the fun as a, as a professional, as an artist, as a drummer? I think it's great. I think it's really cool. They get great tones out of it, and, and I like that people are fascinated by it and get drawn in, and those guys can make some money. I think it's great. I've actually thought of doing that. I've had thoughts about doing that for, not with buckets, but with a with a drum set just setting up and and playing like on the street for fun you and joey don't you know have long gap sessions let's say or even short ones i know the music is such a such a bond but can you explain that to the to the outsider of your communication with joey who you spent all these years and notes Mm -hmm. with yeah i mean it's space everyone needs their space and when that certain level of trust is achieved then you know it's okay to give that space and marriages are complicated friendships are complicated all of it sort of helping 
push the pain around here sonically on stage. But I love being out in nature. I mean, I think it's a wonderful festival run by great people and um, just in the heart of Brooklyn. So I'm really honored. And it's free. And it's free. I think there should be more festivals like this in the States. You think it's a harder conversation now to have free stuff culturally? It's a tough conversation now, like how governments are spending money. if corporations had a choice of like paying more taxes or, you know, <laughs> what, what would they choose, right? Would they choose more free concerts? They probably would, right? Because they probably get free beer. If you think of that with the girls coming of age, middle school, high school, like where will arts be? Where will music be? That's always on the slab, right? Like I of, will definitely be supporting any and all endeavors, whether it's whatever it may be. It's, you know, as long as they find something passionate. It could be farming. It could be um, math. I would love that. Um, chemistry, uh, astrophysics, anything. Needlepoint, you name it. Cooking, I love it. I love combining music with cooking. If I had it my way, I would. I love cranking up old Portuguese fado, or, or I turn up the classical station, or jazz, or anything. You know, really, we have a great community station that plays a lot of different stuff. So I love music and people hanging out and taking your time. Really taking that. Really taking the whole afternoon to prep a meal, and then just enjoy it. And so we're trying to get our kids a little bit more involved in, you know. We'll, in the, the making and preparation or the setting of the table and we encourage them to stay after they eat and not just walk up and go but you know then talk and hear what's going on because they have lots to say what's your name my name is twyla and i'm her twin sister genevieve how old are you girls eight and we're twins is there something special about being twins yes and my sister can answer it um we have each other when we need each other that's awesome. Can you read each other's minds? Do you know what each other is thinking sometimes? Sometimes. <laughs> Do you think you want to sing maybe like that or make music like that one day? Maybe. Yes. Daddy can be really, really, really funny. Does he make funny voices or faces or does he tell jokes? Um, he does camelback rides, which is really fun. And he will also um, do Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy in the car. He does Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy? And Mimi, and Yu-Yu, and Flutterbug. Yeah, and sometimes a new yeah. character. He's really fun. Yeah. Does he like to, like, sing at home? Does He'll sing, yeah. Sometimes I cry because my dog died. And his, sometimes his music is, like, really sad, so. Oh, Your dog died? Yeah, we have two dogs. Well, we did have two dogs. And then the dog... Wait, why am I telling this? Last question, are you proud of your dad? Yes. I'm proud of him, so yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope he has a really good concert. And when we were little, when we would come home, he would always buy um, peanut butter pretzels, and we would eat some in the car on the ride home when we were little. Now you're big. Yeah. Do you miss dad when he goes on the road for work? Yes. Yes, for the most part. You guys are the best talk I've had all week. Hey, that's because we're kids. We're kids are fun.
got any Thank questions? You. No, 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 I see. Great. I'm, I'm good, yeah. So let's get set up. He's going to be in all blacks. There we go. Good. Do your thing. So you guys can start catching some sound check. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, you know... Awesome rock and roll, man. Nice. What's your name? Jack Walsh. I'm the uh, executive producer of the Brick Celebrate Brooklyn Festival. It's the festival's 41st year. It's New York's longest-running free outdoor festival, and I've been producing it for 25 of those years. Congratulations. Thank you. I, I don't know. I think they call it a silver anniversary, so my hair is going a little gray. So it's just lots and lots of great shows and memories, and I think, I think um, I've done over 1,000 shows here. 2010, uh, after a two-year world tour, David Byrne played here a free show to kick off our season uh, when he was playing lots and lots of Talking Heads music, so that was great. And then one of uh, the final performances with uh, Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings before she passed. Iron and Wine was definitely here, uh, I would say, six years ago, so, you know, 2010, 11, 12, somewhere in there. You want to get the best bands, but do you notice any interesting marriage between Brooklyn and bands who aren't from here? Yeah, well, I mean, our approach to booking the festival is, uh, you know, it's free, mostly free. And so, and we want to both represent and serve and attract diverse communities of Brooklyn. But we do it always through the lens of artistic excellence. So we want really incredible artists who are doing incredible things. And then when we put together a season, it's very multifaceted and hopefully uh, piques the interests of different people and different communities and people from different backgrounds. And while you can look at the lineup and may not know all the names, we hope it's something that piques people's interest and they, they dive into it. And then it's, it's free, so it's a no-risk evening. And you come and you get a world-class performance that you might otherwise pay 50 or $60 for, and you get it for free. So that's kind of our formula for many years, and I think that's in, in, um, in full bloom tonight. Is it the borough or the city or the state that endows and allows for free events like this? Um, you know, it takes a village. So we get uh, support from a wide array of sources, some government, some corporate, some foundations, individuals. We do a gala. We sell beer, you know, whatever it takes to cobble together, uh, you know, about three and a half million dollars to do 25 free shows every summer. Do you still hear the airplane noises or have you blotted those out over 25 years? Well, the kick drum during soundcheck we can't get rid of, but uh, the airplanes overhead are on a direct flight path to LaGuardia. And so it usually disappears. It's not too intrusive. On an incredibly quiet show, I've done some theater here, and back in the day I could reach out to the FFFAA, and they would actually reroute, take a different route to LaGuardia for the two hours of our show. But the last time I asked them that, they said no. I'm Rachel Chanoff, and I'm the artistic director of Rick Celebrate Brooklyn. How long have you been doing uh, that? I think 29 years. What a slacker you are. What? What What a slacker you are. Is that all? (laughs) It's it's true, but it's my favorite job to do because it's free and in the park and really part of the fabric of so many people's lives. It is a Friday, so a lot of people are sunning and and not working. You are working both. Do you like working out here? Is this kind of a great way to do it? It's fantastic. You get a private concert with the musicians that you love the most, and I also can use my uh, laptop as a reflector. 
my gosh. If Steve Jobs were alive to see to see that, that would are you still finding new things over 28 years? Absolutely. I mean, the key part of it is a it's real for us, a real democratization. Our whole goal on the programming team is for people to open up, unfold our brochure as soon as it hits and only know a third of the bands. A third, And it's not just bands. We present a lot of dance and film as well. We want people to know a third and just become because they're curious and they trust us. So our entire thing is like create an intriguing menu that will draw people in to experience new artists. Anybody can come in and see art uh, that maybe it would cause, in usual circumstance, would actually cost to see. We want to be part of the statement that culture belongs in everybody's life and it shouldn't be about the cost. It's interesting because when we started many, many, many moons ago, the majority of funding was, you know, state, federal, was government funding. And now that's a much, much, much smaller piece of the pie. And a lot of it is corporate philanthropy or corporate marketing dollars. Getting people to events, what brings people together? Obviously, people like to go out in the beautiful weather, but what brings people together in your kind of anecdotal mind of why people come to events like this? We have what we um, think of as three audiences. We have the audiences who just know they're coming to Brick Celebrate Brooklyn all summer long to get the culture that they love. We have audiences that are specific to who's on stage, and we have what we think of as the accidental audiences who people playing soccer or having a birthday party or family reunion in the park and, like, hear something or see something that they might think is intriguing but would not necessarily see otherwise and since there's no barrier and it's all access they come in and fall in love because it's just straight up super fun it's a gorgeous park gorgeous when the weather is gorgeous and sometimes even when it's not there's great art on stage everybody's together it's free everybody's dancing there's great food there's the only you know you'd have to look for a reason not to My name is Sam. Sam Beam. I sing and play guitar. I was taking bets outside how many people asked you for directions to Williamsburg. Yeah. Um, even when I'm on the streets in Durham, people say, Williamsburg, how do I get there? TV actors act differently because the screen is smaller. Does your articulation change any differently? Or the kind of space? Yeah, of course. Yeah, the sound that you're putting out is definitely like you have more options when you're in a closed space. I can do a loud thing, I can do a quiet thing, and it's all going to be absorbed. The room is going to hold it all. Whereas outside, it's a bit more of a spectacle. Um, You feel, especially with more people, you feel... I don't know, for some reason, I feel like a responsibility to entertain them in a different way, to sort of, you know, be more in their face about stuff. I don't know. Is it movement? Is it like ambulation? Is it- it's mostly like tempo and just uh, energy level, you know? I mean, I don't have any moves. <laughs> I haven't started doing my backflips yet at the same time. <laughs> I thought it was either you or Michael Jackson who moonwalked at the Apollo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's a mystery. They're different. They're different accounts. We're kind of talking about the stage plot. Maybe you had some suggestions. I want to have 
uh, Seb and John beside each other. Okay. But also, yeah, I don't really want to be in between those two. No, no. They do a lot of talking. And that way, they're still on the same side of stage, and they get to look at each other. You've done Banchel before, right? Yeah. When I first started, it was difficult because I didn't have the material that was appropriate for this kind of a space. But now, you know, we have lots of, especially with a band like Calexico, it's super easy to get up and do some sort of rocking stuff and a few quiet ones and just have a good time. I'll say goodbye to you after the show, but I... I, God! Don't cry. Sam's crying, everybody. Hold it together, Sam. He's actually on his knees praying to the north. (laughs) With about 30 minutes to showtime, the butterflies I had developed on day one of my week with the guys had now successfully reconstituted Terminator 2 style into ye oldie not. The final show of this week's passing show was approaching, as were the lead suspects in our ultimate mystery of the week, what brings us together. The usual suspects, the crowd. This being the last day, I think I had placed a unique emphasis on this group. As my completely uneducated guess was, it wasn't principally the music of Calexico or Iron and Wine that got the audience to come together. Well, as in all things assembly, I was both wrong and right. How so? Oh man, come on. You know me better than that. You gotta come back after the break. <laughs> all will be revealed. <laughs> no, it was not Colonel Mustard. <laughs> So come back. But now this. Hi, folks. It's Rob again. Just a quick message as we hit our final mid-roll of the season. I'm so excited to tell you that season two of Assembly will land a little later in 2020. That Assembly will focus on a completely new moment in time and include a roster of acclaimed key speakers and the students, us. To get all the information on Season 2, including dates and episodes, pictures, videos, all widgets assembly, visit our website, theassemblypodcast.com, follow us on social media, at HearTheAssembly, and of course, subscribe to the show, download the show, review the show, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever podcasts are not sold. Also, as always, if there is an assembly you want me to focus on for a season, email me directly, theassemblypodcast at gmail.com, and... Of course, I know there's a lot in our lives by the day, by the half hour, it seems. But if you can contribute, please go to our website, theassemblypodcast.com, and click Contribute. I'll lay out all the ways you can contribute via email. And truly, I promise you, there are no small amounts. You make the show go. So thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting. Now, let's finish this assembly. Okay, like... Get up. Get excited. Okay. 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 What's your name and where are you from? Laura from everywhere at the moment. What brought you to Brooklyn? Uh, she's letting me live with her while my husband's on tour. 
<laughs> is he a musician? He is an actor. We're both actors. Uh, Rivka from Brooklyn. Are you really from Brooklyn originally? No. Originally I'm from Texas. Is anyone from Brooklyn anymore? No. Well, some people are. The people that live in the brownstones around my building are probably from Brooklyn. I'm, I wanted to come back here because I'm fascinated by lawn, the lawn idea, like sitting on a lawn. What brought you here tonight? I wanted her to come and experience it. And it's just kind of, it's more fun on the lawn sometimes, depending on what you're coming here for. And then we don't necessarily have to stay the whole time if it's not going to something that we want to stay Or if we're uncomfortable. Yeah. So I have these, the Friends Pass that we bought last year. And it's really I, I don't know what that is. So that just it's sixty bucks per person, and it gets you into the special line, so you don't have to go on the big general line. Wait a second. Wait a second. Sixty bucks got you this. Well, I also got lost because I missed my pathway because we're, I'm from the other side of the park. Are, do you know who's playing tonight? Yeah, Iron and Wine in Calexico. Do you know how many people are in Iron and Wine? I think there's like eight of them, seven or eight of them. It's, it's a whole three. Group? I think it's two or three. I don't know. You guys big fans? Yeah, apparently not. Do you know their music or do you just sort of know of them or mostly just know of them. I'm pretty sure I think we were talking earlier, I think they were on the Garden State soundtrack or something like that. I know, I feel like when indie first like started to be a thing when we were in college, I remember hearing of these bands. And so when she was like, They're playing tonight, I was like, Oh yeah, I've heard of them. That's where we're at. It's harder to get people to go out, do stuff. Oh, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I didn't come with them the last time when Patti LaBelle was doing it, and I just was so exhausted. Because the city exhausts you. What brings people out? I'm, I'm fascinated by what brings people together. It's a matter of trying to enjoy the life, and this is something New York provides. And there's a lot of this kind of stuff in the summer, specifically in New York. And at the end of the day, if you're trying to live here, then just do these kinds of things. Do something new. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, I should go. I've never even seen this part of the park. It's community, though, I think, too. A lot of people that live on this side of the park, they have groups and things, they'll come out and do this. It's great for families as well to get out of the house. You know, we've been cooped up in for winter for so long, and it's finally summer. With your AC window unit. <laughs> oh, God. And it's just a, it's free, which is very difficult to find in New York in general. And it's in this beautiful park, and whether you enjoy the music or not, I think it's more about just coming together being with a group of people because I think you can feel really lonely living in New York. There's so many people and you know, put your earbuds on and just try to block out the world and go from work and home and that trying to break out of it is that you only really, what, we've got three months in the summertime. That's the best weather we're going to get. So we might as well just go out. Will you remember the event or do these things come and go in time very quickly? I've remembered every concert that I've come to here. Just because you, it's going to be something different every time. So I think as musicians and, and as actors as well, when you're in front of a live audience, it's going to be a different performance every night, even though you're doing the same thing. You just find yourself doing different things. So like tonight, I'm in a completely different area that I didn't necessarily want to be in. But I can see the, the digital screen. I can see half the stage. Um, the sound equipment here is really good. So enjoying it and hearing other people enjoy it too. I mean, Patti LaBelle was amazing. Rub it in. I think you should tell her how great it was. <laughs> You basically saw the face of God that night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just the, the people like standing around and swaying and dancing and cheering. And I mean, you can't. That's New York for you. What's your name and where are you from? 
My name is Elisa, and I'm from Goshen, New York. No, I, I must say I'm fascinated by people who are like front center here early. Big fan of Colexco and Iron Wine and all their <coughs> collaborations. As far as getting here early, um, we got here at 3.30 because we wanted to make sure that we were in. And we just happened to meet somebody that had a pass to get us to this point. It really worked out great. <laughs> I don't even have a pass. Yeah. Why, why does their sound draw you here? Well, I think I've been listening to both since the early 2000s. Um, I had a friend back then that would play them in yoga classes. And I was like, who is this? Who is this? And it was just, it really just kind of gripped me. And I've seen probably both of them a lot, at least five or six times each when they come to town. And then even more at like Newport Folk Festival and like their, their draws for me. Um, Iron and Wine, his voice is just, they're both so smooth. I was just actually telling him like, it's like listening to butter. <laughs> and then you have the richness of Calexico's sound. Um, and quite a few times we've seen them at Bowery and, and a few other places around New York City. And every time they're just so fun. And almost every time we're front row. Some way or another we get to the front row. I don't know. Do you follow bands? And I always wonder about people who follow bands. Do you do it for you, for them, for both, or for nobody? Does it really matter to you that they don't know that you do that? Yeah, that's a great question. I have to say... It's an amazing question. Don't yeah, undersell it. It's good. And, and it's, I, I'm automatically thinking, like, why am I here? But no, it's for me. She just left everybody. <laughs> what am I doing here? No. No, I, I really do it for me. I love it. I love to dance and sing and have the experience. And uh, it's interesting to tell stories. I have teenage kids at home that are now getting into live music. And even if I'm not into them, like, you should go anyway. The experience is great. And sometimes it's not about the band. It's just about... The crowd, the dancing, um, I mean, my musical love spans beyond these guys, but they're definitely in my like top five, top ten groups. But uh, yeah, I think it's for me. There's something about the accumulation of these shows that somehow fulfills my entertainment needs. <laughs> Is anyone from Brooklyn anymore? Probably not. My brother lives down here now. He's like 13 years younger than me, and he just moved here about a year ago and I asked him to meet me here and he's like it's too far away so and he's right up in um east east uh Williamsburg whatever they call that area now but uh, I've been thinking about this all week what brings people together honestly it's summer it's a park it's outdoors and the crowd is super diverse a few years ago um I think it was Joey was talking about something it was like a rough time politically something was going on I don't remember what year it was but he mentioned you know how everybody in the band was from somewhere different and they had different experience different culture experience and it was such a cool way to like summarize like the crowd that was backing them like the, what they were doing on stage was really a really good indication of what was trying to happen behind the political scene of just people saying we're not into this anymore let's come together this way and uh, I've always that's always stuck with me it was a great speech I don't know if he meant to do it if it was something he repeated but it was a good moment because every time we've been here it's different ages it's different styles I can't really tell exactly what it is that's getting everybody together, but it's definitely a very communal, without sounding too, uh, too hippie-ish. It's communal in the sense that everybody's getting along, but are coming from very different places. Uh, what's your name and where are you from? I'm Karen, and I'm from New Zealand originally. Are you a volunteer here? I am, yeah. I was coming to the concerts all the time, so I decided I'll do this as well. <laughs> I love Prospect Park and the squirrels and all the birds that are so different to me. Uh, I actually live in Manhattan, <laughs> so I like Prospect Park that much, so I'll come here. <laughs> and it's a lot better than Summer Stage because they've got fake plastic grass. How long have you lived in New York? Ten years. What brought you here originally? 
New Zealand's wonderful, but you're at the edge of the world, so it's nice to come to a cultural centre. And I love music, so New York's <laughs> one of the best. What do you tell people back home about Brooklyn? Uh, we've got some areas that are a little bit like our little Brooklyn, so here it's bigger and more exciting and more international. So New Zealand's still a bit Anglo. <laughs> what would you change about Brooklyn if you could? Uh, like the trains to be a little bit more reliable, but... I love that every neighbourhood's got a different feeling to it. Yeah, maybe a few more giant old trees. Because the little trees that they're putting along the streets often just die and wither and need more trees. When you look in the audience, the faces, the community, or lack thereof, the diversity or lack thereof, what do you see? Well, I see that we have blue sky now, even though earlier it was drenching and the ground was all muddy and horrible and the leaves are moving wonderfully in the trees, but the squirrels are hiding because they don't like to come in when there's loud music. And this audience is a mixture of ages, but it is one of the more white-leaning shows. Some nights we've got a much bigger mixture, some nights it's all West Indian, but today it's hipsters and and other sorts of white people mainly. And there's lovely picnicking going on and lots of color everywhere. There's people with flowers in their hair. A lot of people eating delicious but overpriced festival food. <laughs> the seats are all full. Oh, it's fun seeing the giant lot of people coming off the train. So people are being brought here, drawn here. So yeah, I think it's a really positive gathering together experience. It's just sad when someone comes to one concert and they don't want to come back to another one that's completely different. Sometimes we had one person who came in and said, this isn't in English, and they walked out. But the whole point of coming here is that you'll find something new that you've never heard before. Are you supposed to be objective in your job, or can you be subjective? Since I'm a volunteer, I'm just going <laughs> to not... Bite your tongue. <laughs> yeah. No swearing. <laughs> I guess a general positive a- attitude, but... We're allowed to have opinions. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Welcome. Donations are welcome. Hi, welcome to Tony with us. No. Hi, welcome to Tony with us. Hi, thank you. Hi, welcome. Hi. Can I pay my card? Yep. Uh, are you a card worker? Oh, I don't have to pay? Oh, no, it's just a donation. Oh. Donations are welcome. So it's not, it's a free show, but these are, don- these are people wanting to donate? Correct. How many people donate, would you say? Like, what percentage? One out of every two, one out of every three, four? Um, what is this for, exactly? Apple Pay. Apple Pay. Apple Pay is working. Yes! Yeah. I charge yeah. them a penny. Um, How many people donate? I don't... I mean, a good... Uh, who is this for? Donations are welcome. Welcome. What's your name and where you're from? My name's Chris. I live in Brooklyn. Oh, what part of Brooklyn? Crown Heights. Are you from Brooklyn? No. <laughs> is anyone from Brooklyn anymore? Yes. This is going well. Um, <laughs> most people who listen to this probably are not from Brooklyn. Talk a little bit about Brooklyn from your perspective. Like, what is Brooklyn to you? Uh, and what brought you here? Was it work? And what keeps you here? It's not the easiest place nor the cheapest place to, to spend a life. I'm the sort of rare person living in New York who isn't from here and never really wanted to live here. Um, I moved here totally for work. Uh, I'm very happy to be here. I love Brooklyn now. Per your earlier question about is anyone actually still from Brooklyn, uh, definitely there are just certain neighborhoods, right? So gentrification has hit certain parts of the city really hard and 
probably most of Brooklyn geographically is not gentrified at all, really. Um, Brooklyn's also very... Um, the the polite way of saying it would be to say that there are ethnic enclaves in different neighborhoods. The sort of more cynical reading is that Brooklyn is pretty segregated. Is um, there is is there more of a kind of accepting thing that Brooklyn could be doing that it's not doing? Uh, I mean, you can probably speak to this better than I can, but uh, I'm from near Philly, and I think that Philly has a certain similar ethos to Brooklyn this way. You know, there's a kind of like a real pride in like being from there, having endured, things weren't always great. You know, Philly has this sort of little brother complex towards New York in the same way that maybe Brooklyn has towards Manhattan in some ways. Um, But honestly, I have a weird job where I never enter Manhattan. Uh, And I would say that I love just being in Brooklyn. I don't want to, like my experience of the city has very little to do with Manhattan's existence at all. And I think Brooklyn itself is great. Would you tell people to stay away from Brooklyn that we were a critical mass and we have stuff to sort out? Or would you say, no, come, we need good thinkers, good people here still in Brooklyn? Uh, I thought I was going to answer questions about music, not gentrification, but here we go. Um, what I've tried to do living here as somebody who I understand is part of something that can be a problem is to try to meaningfully engage with the community in the ways that I can. Um, so, for instance, I'm like, I tutor an after-school program, right? I'm trying to, like, help certain problems in, like, localized ways. You know, it's important to try to support certain kinds of businesses, uh, to go to, like, some of the more off-the-grid, quote-unquote, off-the-grid kinds of places. I've tried to experience Brooklyn not just in the sort of white millennial upper to upper like middle to upper middle class places um, you know so I try to like get down to Brighton Beach a lot and like learn about Uzbek food or whatever right which is like again like I can you can sort of roll your eyes at a certain kind of like millennial hipster but it's almost a no-win situation because if you try to branch out people think you're a poser <laughs> but if you don't branch out you're nothing. Do you feel this stands out or this is Brooklyn? Like being outdoors, listening to really great musicians, summertime, is that Brooklyn? I can see that as a critique. And I think that there certainly is a certain amount of like certain parts of Brooklyn. You can go to certain restaurants and be like, oh, this place wants to be like a certain version of Brooklyn. uh, And it's projecting uh, an identity. But what I would say about these concerts and what I really like about the celebrate Brooklyn Festival in general. I think that tonight's show will be very much like what um, people who don't live in Brooklyn project that Brooklyn is like. But what I like about the festival as a whole is that uh, they really seem to cater to a lot of different audiences. There's a lot of different styles of music uh, or dance or even like movies and things like that. Um, and often I just come for shows that I don't know anything about any of the bands. Well, what brought you here for Iron and Wine in Calexico? Yeah, so in this case, I mean, I, I've been an Iron and Wine fan for a pretty long time. Um, I had been living in South Carolina in the mid-2000s. Sam's home. Right, so so I've been an Iron and Wine fan for, I don't know, let's call it 15 years or something like that. I've been listening to the new album all this week. I think it's great. Um, so I'm psyched for whatever they're going to bring to me. Hello, hello. How's it going, New York? I should say, I shouldn't say that here. How's it going, Brooklyn? I say thanks to Prospect Park and thanks to WFUV for putting this on and uh, everybody. 
I don't know, there's too many people to thank. Thank you for coming by. Thank you to the weather. We've always wanted to kind of come back and revisit some of these songs and make a whole new batch of new ones. So uh, thanks so much for listening and supporting all of the bands and, and this project for so many years. Thank you. Not that many years, really. Come on. Let's be fair. I'll always say I love you still All of the water and down the hill Every broken thing washes away Washes away My name is John Convertino, and I play drums for Calexico. How's the crowd? Good. They're mellow. I mean, they're sitting there and listening. I'm ignoring the porta potties, but um, what do you what do you think? Is this a cool atmosphere to play? Does this do something to you? Yeah, it's it's perfect. Really, it's it's perfect for for people to gather and listen to music, and that's what we're about community, and that's what music is about. So this is just a real treat to be able to do this again. Talking about the last time you were out with, say, memories and remembering, do you feel more connected now to this journey so far than maybe the first journey together? Yeah. You know, I I definitely feel a connection to the music, and and, uh, I feel like I'm getting to know where everyone is at, you know. It's not just me, it's, we're, like I said, we're a team, so... Where's Sam at? You know, where's Joey at? What demons are are fighting them away from the connection to the music? And can they shake them off? I know what mine are, and I'm trying to shake them off, so... We'll see. Just one day at a time. It was interesting to reach this age, the age of my father. Uh, I just turned 56, and that's when he died. So he unfortunately missed out on a lot of stuff. I think maybe if he'd, you know, it was a different time. Your dad would be proud. Ah, thank you. Thanks so much. That's a new one. If you're keeping score. Give this tone to my brother Cause we found it playing in the barnyard Many years ago Give this bone to my father You remember hunting in the hills when I was 
ten years old. May my love. Hi, my name is Joey Burns of Calexico. I write songs, I play music, and I help others to create music. This is not a goodbye. This is my last night tonight. So I'm going to get your final thoughts at the end. Italy, huh? In my mind, I'm already there. <laughs> um, is this the last stage of stage one? This is the last stage of stage one, yeah. Stage two. How many stages are there? Well, there's denial. There's grief. Oh, sorry. Wrong stages. <laughs> you, you, yeah, man. That's right. I forgot about that. What brings people together, man? What brings people together in a day where there's every reason not to come out? I think the experience, right? Um, the same reason why you want to go down the street and see what's on the shelves at the local uh, corner store. You want to see what's available, what's new. You want to have that conversation. And I think, you know, getting out, it's all about in hopes of either seeing a conversation happen or being a part some way or another of the conversation of a community. That's a pretty one. Oh, man. You guys are awesome. You guys have been amazing. I wonder if my daughters are still awake. No, they're probably not. It's past my bedtime. It's got to be past your bedtime. Mostly. How did Dad do tonight? Good. Really good. He was awesome. All right. Last time we got together, uh, we had a game where we chose covers to play. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, after all this time, someone still says that. It's unbelievable. But this was a while ago, and for some reason we missed this one. I don't know how we did, but we did, and now we are rectifying this incredible oversight that we made 14 years ago, and here you go. If you are alive in the 80s and old enough to know this song, it'll be fun. Unless it's not. Then it definitely won't be. thinking about saying goodbye but I was thinking this never ends does it well there there are chapters and you know like anything else there's a beginning and a middle and an end and the musicians and everyone involved will be together on a bus traveling through Europe and then the states and, and who knows you know I mean it's just um, I think after having done it for a while you're just really grateful for, for every little moment that you get you know? and so to be able to 
bridge the worlds with family and friends. It's really, it's really special. You know, and it's sacrifices. It's not easy. I mean, like, we got asked to do a show where it would uh, be early November, which would mean we'd miss out on Halloween. I said, no. My kids are eight. We're going to do Halloween. I just didn't want to give up, you know, that, that time with my kids. We love what we do so much, and I think you can tell when you see everyone playing together. So, yeah. And then, you know, next time you see us, whether you're recording or not, it'll be a totally different version of what you saw tonight. Coming together, reassembling after all these years, you know more people. Your lives are thicker now. It's amazing, right? I mean, like you're meeting more people because your lives have more oxygen in them. It's amazing. And, and, and there are some people that really love it. I'm one of those people. I really enjoy meeting people and traveling. Thank you for letting me part of, be part of your family in many ways, not just your family, but these guys in back of you. So, Robert, you've been a real joy to hang out with, and I hope that it's not the end. I hope it's just the beginning of more to come. You know? I hope we can stay friends. I have no expectations, but, you know, no microphones next time. Yeah, come out to the Tucson show and then see the evolution. Be careful what you wish for. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot, Brooklyn. You guys are fun. Thank you. Okay, let's do one more. We'll do one more and then we'll send you home. Thank you. In your own time, you'll drink something evil. Sing like an old crow and worship. Sam Bean. I sing and play guitar. Time acts funny on these trips. Every every one of these tours is the same. Like you start at a certain place and you're building something or either remembering, trying to remember what you did together or developing something. And then you go through the motions. You have you do your play every night for two weeks or three weeks or four weeks or whatever. You go through all these different adventures in different cities. And then at the end, you're like, oh my God, who are we at the beginning of this? It feels like we've gone a long, you know, a really long journey and, and really transitioned into something else. This tour is just starting. I mean, it's fun. This is, a, this is like this period of each tour where you're like starting to make relationships. And by the end, you know, six months, nine months, 12, you know, however many it goes, you think, 
You remember when we first started, man, that first week we were in New York? What were we even playing? I have no idea. Like, you know, we're just sort of part, starting to put the pieces together. But it's a, it's a fun thing to remember, reflect on later after you've played the song a million times. You've gone to all these different cities all over the world with each other, with all these experiences. To remember back to the very first ones is, is a treat. Does it get different as you get older, as one gets older? My musical conversations are more interesting. I mean, I'm, I feel like I've learned how to be a lot more generous, you know? Um, much more curious than other people. But yeah, you definitely have to, you know, you have to do some dusting. I've I felt close. That's what I've felt in a week. How do you feel? Like, do you feel close? I feel closer to the people in this group. I mean, yeah, especially that first day we showed up in Saxapahal. I mean, there were some people that I knew, some people that I didn't. And it was, I mean, this is a conversation that we have on the stage that once you're in it, it keeps going. But, you know, it's hard to, to initiate. Or it's not hard to initiate. It just takes a little, you know, when you sit down to have a conversation with someone, you have to warm up a little bit. And throw out, lob out some easy questions that was fun it was, it was the first time I mean we've only been in a band for like a week 15 years in a week So, what did I learn last summer? I'm going to have to listen back a few more times. It's just too much. But, tip of my head, assemblies come together. That's what assemblies do. But once they're done, they're as undone as we make them. And our parts that bind are the ones that stay in conversation. And that's what I'll take away from the 15 years of John and Joey and Sam making music and memories and leaving far more than they've taken. Conversation is all. They don't need words. Just show up. You and I have been together for five parts of this assembly. We're not besties yet, but our five parts does mean we're officially classmates (laughs) of a sort. So, as we end this assembly and head to the next one, I'm going to give you all one final assignment. An assignment I give to my students on every last day of class, apropos of our last part together. Oh, and it's a take-home test. (laughs) No need to stress. So here it is, our final assignment. Remember our time together. Many will, which doesn't mean they've passed. Few do, but it doesn't mean they've failed. It means parts move, they grow, their change is their consistency, their directions defy the compass. Parts are pure, they are neutral, that's their truth. It makes them parts, and we're full of them. But parts in conversation, well, Keep that one close. You can use it on the final exam. It's like a calculator. So, 
as every teacher should do, I'm going to do that final assignment myself. Findings to be announced at all future assemblies. <laughs> so I'll meet you there. But first, a thank you to all the parts and the players and the roles and the conversations and the countless tour guides I've met in my week who all came together for the assembly. Assembly is created and produced by me, Robert Malazzo. Original music for Assembly is by Sam Spiegel and ANR. A special thanks for this episode of Assembly goes to Marie Malazzo, Cary, North Carolina. And Angelo Malazzo, Cary, North Carolina. Assembly will return and will feature a season with comedian, actor, writer, David Cross. Visit our website, theassemblypodcast.com. You can also suggest an assembly you'd like me to feature on the show. Assembly is a presentation of the Modern School of Film. Mm-hmm.